The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everybody to the Notorious OTB, and it is an exciting time in the old Notorious old OTB. Uh, I've got a guest here that I've been planning on doing something with for a while now, and it's coming to fruition. And not only that, we're going to go ahead and make it a twofer this week. I'm going to bring him back later in the week to talk all about the Preakness, but right now I'm here with uh, Matthew DeSantis at Failed to Menace, as many of you probably know him on Twitter uh, yeah, we are here to talk about the uh, post draw for uh, the uh, Black Eyed Susan and Preakness and also their undercards. I forgot to introduce myself. I always do this. I just <laughs> I put others first. I'm a giver. Uh, I I'm understand. Chase Ess- yeah. Chase Sessoms, <laughs> the Wolf of Oakland, uh, your host, uh, Matt. Man, how's it going today, man? It's going well. It's going well. And I have to chuckle because I have often done exactly what you did which is mm-hmm. I was a political science professor for about 10 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and I would always go in and start reading role at the beginning of class the first day. And I was always more interested in my students. And then I realized 30 minutes into class, I've not introduced myself at all. And they have no idea the person who's standing in front of them right now talking. So uh, I feel like I'm a pretty, pretty self-aware person. And as a pretty self-aware person, I felt like it was probably the prudent thing to go ahead and just put you first, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm nothing to run home about to be honest. Um, I don't know. I beg to differ. You're a man of many talents. So thank you. I appreciate that. Listen, that's how he gets a two for appearance this week. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and just kind of talk about uh, the the Black Eyed Susan undercard. Now, you profess to me you're you are an enthusiast of the Mid Atlantic ponies. So you kind of follow like Laurel and uh, the other Mid Atlantic tracks a little bit. Uh, what kind of edge you gonna get? What kind of edge you got on me here with the uh, with your your uh, Mid Atlantic pony knowledge? Well, I I think you're you're gonna see some Mid Atlantic horses pop up both on Friday and Saturday in the undercard. I think you know just looking at some of the trainers that people nationally might not be aware of. Uh, somebody like uh, Rob, for instance, uh, mm-hmm. last name R O B B, big time Mid Atlantic uh, trainer. Brittany Russell, another big time yep. Mid Atlantic trainer. Uh, people might know about her husband, Sheldon Russell's jockey as well. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you just, you want to see those names that pop up that if you're paying attention to parks and Laurel and Pimlico and colonial downs, you see those names pop up regularly and they're hitting at a 28, 29, 30, 35% win rate. So even though maybe there's a Todd Pletcher horse or Chad Brown horse, that's taken a lot of money. It's really important to take a look at those local connections. Cause I can't tell you the number of times I've seen those local horses, those Maryland breads beat, a, you know, a Pletcher shipper coming in from New York or a Brown shipper coming in from New York. So don't sell those Maryland breads short. Uh, there's a lot of really good mid-Atlantic horses in this crop. You know, that's something that actually really stood out to me as I was going through, uh, especially Black Eyed Susan Day, is that it feels like it's a great opportunity for some of these mid-Atlantic 
trainers to get some wins on fairly big stages and races that I, I honestly feel might have come up a little bit light for graded uh, stakes races, but it gives them a good opportunity to to jump up and get the you know get their horse a graded stakes win. So I I only had a few takeaways from from really the Black Eyed Susan card, and I'd be interested to get your take on these as well. Which is sure. uh, as far as incoming uh, you know invaders talent. You know, horses coming from Kentucky, from elsewhere, from you know, the West Coast, seemed pretty light. Seemed like we were a little bit yeah. underwhelming when it comes to those entries. Uh, what What do you think? Why Why are people scared to come to, to Maryland? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I, I think that you know, to some extent, there might be a there. There is, I think, maybe the question of depth. I mean, what I just talked about. There are a lot of really good horses. I don't think anybody wants to ship in uh, to an undercard race that might not have a huge purse and run third or fourth uh, to some Maryland breads that, you know, maybe that makes it look like they take a step back from a progression standpoint. So, you know, you, you don't see, you know, Wesley Ward shipping in a lot of, you know, sprinters from uh, Kentucky and you don't see, you know, Chad and, you know, Todd bringing in a lot of horses from New York or Florida, you know, wherever they might be at this time of year. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, it does give those local uh, connections a time to shine. And I think that's really great. And maybe a little bit distinct from what we just saw, you know, 10 days ago at Churchill Downs where that undercard was stacked uh, and it was a national undercard where you don't even have to be a hardcore horse racing fan to know some of those names and to be aware of those, uh, you know, connections. This one has a much more local feel. And I, and I kind of like that about the Maryland race. And I think that's something you see at Pimlico pretty regularly. Yeah, I I would agree. The Preakness Pimlico, you know, black eyed Susan Preakness weekend just kind of almost feels like it's, it's just kind of the, the bastard child of the triple crown now. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely love the Preakness. Actually, this is the week that I insist everyone refer to me uh, as his Freakness, as opposed to any of the other names that, I, <laughs> that I'm associated with. The pe- For one, I, I don't think you find any rowdier a crowd as yeah. you do uh, at, at uh, Pimlico in the infield uh, over the weekend. And, and two, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like such a classic track. I've also watched just way too much of the wire so i feel like anytime that they make any sort of baltimore reference that i am right there with it with uh you know trying to come up with something from the wire something that bunk said uh what about you wire fan oh huge wire fan i mean mcnulty uh you know it's it's interesting i actually saw uh you know that one of the great opening montages is when mcnulty is laid out supposedly deceased you know because he's uh, retiring and they're playing body of an american uh, by the Pogues. Well, I actually was at a Pogues concert in New York City on St. Patrick's Day uh, awesome. back when I was in it's like 2008. Uh, and believe it or not, I ended up partying with the Pogues uh, at a restaurant, at a like a bar until four in the morning in New York As City. As a freeborn man uh, of the USA. Look at you go. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was that was that was a big memory. But um, yeah, no, love the wire. And and you're right. There is kind of this local feel to the race. And it yeah. is. Uh, you know, I was there in 2004 for Smarty Jones, and I will say I saw Smarty Jones run past me in the back stretch, and that's about all I remember from that day. That's uh, nice. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is. You know, I was in. I was 24 years old at the time. I was, you know, first year in grad school, and yeah, it's it, the infield is an experience. And this time, I'm going back on Friday and Saturday. I have reserved seats. 
you're inside. Yeah. I'm just going to take it nice and easy and kind of be a 40 year old person walking around. So. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Colby Dant tweets of no CTE here. Whenever someone gets just <laughs> brained by, by a tall can of Coors light while they're running across the tops <laughs> of the porta potties. Just listen, I, my dad, uh, his sense of humor is uh, very much uh, America's funniest home videos type, which uh, yeah. I, he laughs his hardest whenever someone is seriously injured. So I hope that he's also taking in the, uh, the infield at, uh, at the Preakness. There's one, one notable entry that I saw under the, the uh, Black Hat Susan undercard, which yeah. I'm actually going to point out before we get into the Black Hat Susan itself, yeah. which was uh, Pizza Bianca. Uh, yeah. making, making, uh, you know, her second start, uh, after winning the, uh, the juvenile, uh, juvenile Philly turf at, uh, at Del Mar, uh, in the breeders cup, you know, had a little bit of a underwhelming, uh, run back, uh, in a mm-hmm. stakes race at, at aqueduct. But I mean, looks like this horse is kind of developing a little like a B a B sort of pattern for uh, Christoph Clement. Yeah. Now, Pizza Bianca, I mean, that that was a horse. I mean, obviously, Bobby Flay and the connections, that was a really big deal on Breeders' Cup weekend. Yep. And and that was one of the few times I actually really liked the jockey cam. Because if you remember, that was the time where it just looked like the Red Sea parted for Jose Ortiz right. on Pizza Bianca. And he just went right through that. Right. Uh, and it was a beautiful ride. It was just kind of a perfect trip for that horse. Uh, and, and, you know, there were a lot of questions going into that race, whether or not that horse was fast enough to even be in the field. Uh, and I, I think, you know you maybe saw that a little bit with the run back. Maybe this horse just had the best possible trip, the best possible version of itself at the breeders cup. And maybe there's a little bit of regression, but it's still, it, it you know, it's a Clement horse, so it's going to fire uh, and it's, it's going to run well. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. So that, that is absolutely one of the bigger names I saw on the undercard. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree with you that, I mean, looking in at Christophe Clement, this is the time of year to really kind of look at his runners because he's always going to have that barn in top form whenever it rolls into Saratoga. And they, I mean, this is when they start inching up there uh, completely. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll just very quickly give you a couple, uh, a race that I'm looking at on the undercard that intrigues sure. me and it connects back to, you know, those local connections. And that's the, uh, the grade three Miss Preakness, uh, which is the six furlong sprint. Uh, and really the two, we talked about the local connections, uh, the two that kind of stick out in this particular case is La Casa de Oro, which is the Brittany Russell horse. Uh, Brittany, you know, very limited amount of entries at Pimlico, but winning at a 60% clip. This is a horse that just broke its maiden last time out at Laurel, uh, but really seemed to unlock something that last time. Previously was a Clement horse, so off the claim uh, for Brittany. And so it'll be interesting to see how that horse fires second off the uh, second off the claim. The other is right next door, Saucy Lady T, who's trained by Graham Motion, who's also kind of a big name in the Mid-Atlantic. But we just saw last week, win the, or just uh, a couple days ago, win the Man of War uh, with uh, Highland Chiefs. So yeah. uh, Graham Motion's also a big-time trainer uh, and really doing well in terms of 21% win rate off the claim, 25% win rate off a long layoff. Lady Sa- or Saucy Lady T, interesting horse, broke its maiden, has run nothing but graded stakes races after that. So has gone up against some of the best competition you've seen is kind of cutting back to that six furlongs where she seems to be most comfortable. So looking forward to that one. Yeah. And I mean, uh, even Wes Ward's got a talented sprinter yeah. here with, with happy soul. I, every time he sends a, a horse to run at Oakland, I usually kind of perk up because he's done, done it with horses like Kamari, things like that. So yeah. I'm really interested to see how happy soul runs back after it feels like they got a little bit, little bit of derby fever maybe yeah. running that horse in the Ashland at, at Keeneland, really stretching it out where it's really just kind of shined as a sprinter. So, uh, I mean, and then 
outside of them, I, I'm glad you p- picked this race out because it is a very good race. Uh, yeah. For E5 racing, you've got gimmick. And I maintain that Steve Asmussen can't wake up to take a piss in the middle of the night without tripping over a world-class sprinter. Uh, so maybe <laughs> maybe this is the step forward for gimmick, who's coming out yeah. of uh, optional claimer races. Uh, you know, had a race uh, at Monmouth, I want to say, uh, last summer, the sorority uh the uh, sorority stakes uh, what stretched out to a mile had uh, Geraldo Corrales up. I, I mean, this could be once again, another step forward. This is, uh, maybe we should, we should, you know, rebrand black eyed Susan day and just go ahead and call it just rising stars Friday. Cause I feel like we're getting a lot of under the radar, maybe yeah. rising stars to watch going forward. I like that. I like that branding. I think we, you should talk to somebody about that. That's uh, the, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That. Yeah. I wonder I don't think anyone else is doing that right now, right? I feel <laughs> I feel like that's open, uh, and I'm definitely not stepping on anybody's toes. No, um, not at all. <laughs> it also feels a little bit more palatable than saying "Black Eyed Susan," uh, be- which feels uh, a little bit icky in this day and age. Uh, yeah, it does. Honestly, like I like this podcast like... might end in a couple episodes if I say <laughs> "Black yeah, Eyed just Susan." Yeah, just like typing it out on my Twitter feed. I'm just like, eh. Maybe just yeah. go with BSE. Maybe we'll just go with the acronym instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah that works. <laughs> that works. Um, yeah. So, I mean. You had, you have a, you know, the big D Wayne horse who doesn't, you know, opts to not run in the black guy, Susan opts to run against the boys in the Preakness of secret Oath. man. I I feel like this, this might be one of the softest black eyed Susan fields that I actually ever remember running into. Uh, Look, looking at it, we've only got one graded stakes win uh, combined from, from all the entries. So it's another one where maybe this is a good chance for, uh, another young Philly to kind of assert themselves and say, Hey, we're, you know, we're in this too. It's not going to be a, a, a boring division heading, heading into the, uh, you know, breeders cup time, you know, time of year, but uh, interested to hear what your take is here with this field. Yeah. I mean, so uh, a dare manner morning line favorite, probably appropriately. So uh, coming in from the West coast, uh, the horse that I'll talk a little bit about just because it, it does have those mid Atlantic connections is the second favorite Luna bell at five at nine to two. Uh, this is the second choice, and she's a filly that I was a huge fan of as a juvenile. Uh, I loved her as a two-year-old uh, when she ran at Maryland Millions Day, and uh, it was a six-furlong sprint, and the jockey that day got her in all sorts of trouble, uh, and she was so far back, and she came charging up to finish fourth uh, by about a by about a length, and if it, the, that race was another 100 yards, she would have won by three lengths. Uh, I mean, she was trucking. And they made a jockey change and they started stretching her out. And that made all the difference in the world. And she's reeled off five consecutive stakes victories at Laurel Park. She has absolutely dominated the competition there. And I should point out one of the, you know, what I referenced earlier, Pletcher has actually brought in some pretty big fillies to go against her at different times. And she's beaten them. So, you know, she's beaten some classy fillies coming in from higher profile barns. Uh, but she's five for five in the, the, her last five in all stakes races. I like her chances a lot. Like you said, it's a weaker field. I think it's an opportunity for a local filly to assert herself. Her speed figures are right there. She's got a really uh, lovely running style to her. She kind of reminds me a little bit of Kathleen O in that she likes to kind of sit pretty well off the pace and make one big run. Uh, and once she gets up to top speed, watch out. But she's, she's a local uh, horse that you know, may not take a lot of money just because, you know, people don't really know who that is. And they're going to go to a horse like Begin or a horse like, uh, you know, some of the Chad Brown horses or, or, or a dare manner. And they're going to take a lot of money and the local horse might drift up a little bit, but I think she presents nice value. 
Hey, so local horse, and let's see. I, I want to say looks like with a you know a local jock too retains. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, I mean, he's she's won what four straight, five straight with the same jock. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I not to say that. I guess enthusiasm is waning in the mid Atlantic by any means, but I think having a mid Atlantic horse win the black eyed Susan can only do good things for Maryland breeding, Maryland racing, and just in general, and even the entire circuit. So I, I kind of, you know, I'm pulling for uh, that sort of horse, honestly, yeah. uh, just kind of looking at what we've have out here. I mean, might as well, I got to look for any, any reason to, to be excited about a horse with this field uh, for the most yeah. part. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. We're going to do a full breakdown later this week uh, of the Black Eyed Susan. I'm sure we will have a Black Eyed Susan Preakness double for you. Uh, we're going to hit a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the uh, Preakness undercard, give you some reaction to that, and as well as the, uh, the uh, Preakness itself. So we'll be right back with you. Make sure to get down on the wins, bet 50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the win zone, build your own bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three-plus leg build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. Probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you are doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right, join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. All right, welcome back to the Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. If you're just joining us, well, for one, if you're just joining us, go ahead and just press rewind because it's a podcast. I mean, it's easily accessible <laughs> at any time. You don't, you didn't have to jump in live with us, um, which, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get past that a little bit awkwardness now. Let's go ahead and start at the beginning. Uh, and we are going to go ahead and talk about the undercard for Preakness Day itself, as well as the Preakness, uh, see how the post draws might, might affect our, uh, you know, our thoughts of the race going forward. Do you have anything big, uh, from the undercard? There were a few races that I thought were pretty interesting, but would really like yeah. to hear what kind of stuck out to you. Yeah. I like some of the turf races underneath, actually. I, I think they're interesting. Uh, the dinner party is, uh, you know, the eighth race on the card, a grade two. 
mile and a 16th on the turf. Uh, it's not a large field, but it's an intriguing one. I really like this field a lot with, uh, <clears throat> with set piece and a tone and English B and Tango, Tango, Tango. I think, I think there's some quality horses in this field. I really like a tone in particular. This is a horse that just always seems to outrun its odds, always really turns in a really strong effort in a bunch of grade ones, grade twos have gone up against tougher, so to speak. Uh, <clears throat> and so I'll be interested in what type of price, you're going to be able to get it on, on a tone in this race. But I think that's a really evenly matched turf race that I, that I like quite a bit. Yeah, uh, that's actually a race that uh, that I was going to point out uh, as well, because it seems like a very competitive field, despite how short, uh, you know, just the number of entries ended up being. Mm -hmm. I, and I will go ahead and tell you right now, I, I am a unabashed uh, English B fan. I, I don't know where English B came through for me at what point, but <laughs> I know yeah. that she, I, you know, I know that English B did. I know that he helped me out and I know that I am forever in his debt because of it. Uh, yeah. It's funny though. Know. We, we all have horses like that, right? Like Santine's a horse that did that for me at the Hollywood Derby last year, uh, right. where I hit the exacto with beyond brilliant. And I've just been on Santine ever since. And thank God that eventually paid off <laughs> last weekend. So, so, yeah. So I, I have a method, which is, uh, you know, once I have these sort of like horses that I love with my whole heart, uh, whatever it's time to just stop betting them because it's it's doing me no, nothing but bad, you know, doing nothing but bad things to me and to my uh, my bankroll. I write them a break, a very carefully worded and very emotional breakup letter that lets them know that, you know, listen, it's time that we end this. You know, I, I thought that you and I could really do something together. Turns out the problem is 100 percent you uh, as I like to. That's how I, you know, do my breakup letters to humans also, um, to <laughs> be it. fair, you know, never, don't ever apologize. It's a sign of weakness anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great little race. Uh, I'll have to break it down and see if, if I'm truly on English B, but I did see, you know, the matchup between, uh, English B and, and set piece really kind of looks, mm -hmm. you know, interesting. Cause it, it seems like, uh, maybe the horse that English B will have to hold off late could quite possibly be that horse, uh, set piece. Yeah. The other race I thought kind of was interesting was the, uh, the Maryland sprint, um, mm. a horse like Jackson traveler. I'm kind of wondering if this horse is going to take a step forward here in this race and what feels like a, another kind of, uh, kind of softer field. And it's once again, a, you know, Steven Asmussen with a, a Munnings baby. And it kind of, that feels like if I were betting Oakland park, that it would just be like a don't even, don't even say anything to me. You just shut up and take my money. Well, did you get to take a, uh, take a look at this one? I did. I did. And and there's uh yeah, there's some interesting horses here too. You know, you see a horse. Uh, I, I agree with you. The Jackson traveler seems like it would be a good you know chance to step forward. I mean, Sir Alfred James is a horse that's been running up against, you know, some pretty tough competition uh, lately. I mean, just ran in a, a grade one against uh, Jackie's warrior, obviously just uh, during Kentucky Derby weekend. Uh, so it's coming back on a pretty short layoff. So I'll be interested to see how uh, Sir Alfred James fires back, but uh, you know, War Toxins, another horse that, like I said, was pretty big in the mid-Atlantic and seems to be, you know, trailing off a little bit, seemed to be a little bit stronger last year. And so I'll be interested to see how that uh, bounces back. But I agree with you. I think Jackson Traveler uh, is a really nice horse in this field and does feel like this is a very gettable uh, win uh, for this particular uh, field. So I, I'm a big time track bias player, which means this week I will start paying a lot more, you know, close attention to Pimlico mm -hmm. to get an idea of how, you know, do, are we going to have the classic golden rail of, you know, Pimlico on the dirt? Are we going to mm -hmm. have, you know, a, a turf uh, course that's actually favorable to early speed? And uh, I feel like seeing the bias is going to probably 
affect how I decide to play the uh, the Gallerette uh, later in the day because you've got a Chad Brown horse that's going to take a ton of money with technical analysis who absolutely wants to be on the front end, which see, feels so just anti-Chad Brown to, to everything <laughs> right. that I know. Uh, you know, have you been watching uh, any of the races out of Pimlico? Is this turf a little bit softer? There maybe that's a good chance to take a take a shot against technical analysis. The horse wants to come from off the pace. Yeah, it, it's a good question. So we've been getting a lot of rain in this region uh, over the last two weeks. <clears throat> we just had a huge thunderstorm pass through again today. We had rain over the weekend. I mean, so it's been pretty rainy. What I will say is the forecast for Friday and Saturday is going to be hot, hot and sunny. And it's going to be the two hottest days of the year to this point. It's going to be 91 and 92 on uh, Black Eyed Susan and uh, Preakness Day. So, you know, so that turf is probably going to dry out a little bit, I would imagine. and may not have quite as much moisture to it as it would if they had run, like, say, this weekend uh, sure. on it. And uh, and I'll be interested to see how that ends up playing on the dirt as well. But uh, should be a pretty firm tr- uh, turf, I would imagine, particularly by, fr- uh, particularly by Saturday, I should say. Okay. Then so – you know, I, I have already written off uh, meteorology as a sham science because of uh, the, the clever <laughs> ruse that the meteorology industry pulled over, pulled over on us with the Oaks Day this year. Uh, that was the last time meteorology. That was the last time. Seriously. Um, I'm oh. just going to dress in layers and hope for things to work out for me now, uh, just in my everyday life. So I swear that was that was surreal. I mean, we were all expecting this monsoon and I thought for sure I was worried they were going to take the turf races off the turf. And yeah. And now we're just going to run everything on the turf. It's fine. <laughs> There's yeah. like a, one thunderstorm for like 10 minutes and otherwise it's just cloudy and it's just, yeah. yeah. Talk about a 180. I mean, and try to handicapping that ahead of time. Good luck. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, moving on to the big race here, yeah. the Preakness itself. I, I have one question, uh, but I'm going to let you give kind of your overall thoughts, but yeah. how much softer is this pace? compared to the Kentucky Derby, you think? That's oh got to be the number God. one question for everyone, right? C- considerably. I yeah. Considerably. You just, you don't have, and and by the way, I was a huge advocate of having a horse like Summer is Tomorrow in the Kentucky Derby. It makes sure. the race more interesting to have a sprinter in the race. And it yep. goes back to the way it used to be before we had the point system. Yep. And it really, and so I love it. I don't mind that there was this insane pace. I mean, I will admit I was even, I knew Summer is Tomorrow was going to go I did not expect that horse to go that fast. Uh, yeah. and, and so when I saw the opening half mile, I was like, well, there goes my picks. Uh, right. cause, cause I was kind of high on Messier and I was like, no, he's way too close. Uh, right. but, uh, but no, it's going to be considerably slower. You're going to have a horse, but it's going to be a similar setup. And that I think Fenwick is a horse that's probably going to go to the lead and is a long shot. That's going to set the early pace. I think Chad Brown's early voting is probably going to sit second. And the interesting thing is I listened to Chad Brown, be interviewed i want to say the week before the derby when early voting had not yet scratched uh out of that race and he was kind of talking about how early voting maybe gets a little lost on the lead uh like he did at the wood memorial and and maybe this actually sets up nicely for him that he can kind of sit off of fenwick and have something to aim at rather than being alone on the lead so i think the race sets up nicely for early voting the question is much like in the derby does early voting get sucked up a little too much into that early speed of Fenwick and maybe fade late with going a new distance for the first time? I, I would agree. I, you know, my thought of early voting, especially, you know, coming out of the withers was that horse has a Kentucky Derby winning gate break. If that horse could run the Kentucky <laughs> yeah. Derby and break like that, then, you know, if it could duplicate that, then that 
that that horse can win easily. Yeah. Well, that was a little maybe before knowing all the other entries, that was a little bit quick uh, to make that assumption. And watching the Wood Memorial, he kind of gets the same break. He gets out quick, and then it makes you kind of wonder: is the distance a little bit of a concern? That's why yeah. that's why he didn't end up in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, you get a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a uh, break in distance with the uh, with the Preakness, but you know, it's it's not a ton. Uh, I. Part of me kind of wonders if early voting actually goes ahead and decides, you know, it has to be out on the front and if this could actually turn into another race that, that melts down and, you know, could we once again have a Philly like secret oath, you know, kind of win this race um, be, be worth, you know, something to, 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 uh, to keep in mind uh, before we, we do our deep handicap later in the week. I think it's definitely plausible. I mean, she's going to have pace to run into and we saw in the Arkansas Derby, even with a bad trip, she still was able to pass most of that field. Uh, yep. And she just wasn't able to track down Cyberknife and got him flattened out at the end. But, you know, if she gets a good ride, it's a small, it's a nine horse field. You know, she, she should be sitting mid pack. She got a nice post position in number four. Uh, so there's a lot to like with Secret Oath. And, and I, I, this is not a gimmick. I mean, she's a legitimate horse. This is yep. admittedly a little bit of a softer preakness field than sometimes we've seen. Yep. Uh, you know, so uh, it, it's absolutely a, a possibility for her, but I just think, you know, we can talk about and maybe about it a little bit right now, but I think this just sets up so nicely for epicenter potentially. I mean, there's a reason he's the morning line favorite and the post yep. position didn't hurt either. Yeah. I mean, he, it took, it took a very extreme pace scenario to happen to get epicenter beat. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at that horse, that horse looks like a winner uh, pretty much ev everywhere except for the last, you know, 50 yards of the race. And it took a million things going right for, uh, for, you know, rich strike to actually get up and, you know, pass him, you know, down the rail to, to win the Kentucky Derby, uh, which I mean, not a knock on rich strike. I mean, that's how just horse racing is that yep. it all, you know, not only do you have to do everything right, you have to sometimes rely on everything else to happen. Right. Because if you don't get the right setup, if you don't get, you know, someone else, falters if someone else is bumped and you know it throws off the pace and you know there's all sorts of crazy things that can happen in, in uh horse racing but epicenter i mean had all the looks of a horse that should be able to kind of handle this field just got put in a wonky situation um you know also might have proved to be a little bit of a push button horse uh because i'm looking back at epicenter's past performances in the horse and literally can run in any any way you like really yeah. to, to get the win is what it seems like um I don't know about six to five, but I feel like it might, might float up a little bit from there. Yeah. I will see what we, what you end up getting. And, and, you know, and I think big days like Preakness, the, uh, you know, the Kentucky Derby, et cetera, you have so many casual fans at the track betting that mm -hmm. it throws off what might be a Tuesday at parks type of, right. you know, what you might right. expect. Um, so I would anticipate secret oath is going to get a lot of action because people love betting on a Philly going up yep. against the boys in a big race and probably is going to get overbet. And I, and I say that as somebody who likes secret oath quite a bit, but I just think you're probably going to get overbet. And then the question is who floats up? Does early voting start to float yep. up? Does simplification float even higher? Does, does, uh, does epicenter float up maybe a little bit? So it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, you're right. I mean, epicenter, listen, he can rate, he can go on the pace. You know, he, he can sit a little further back as he did at the Derby, you know, which was the best thing for him that he didn't get sucked up too close into that uh, early speed. But yeah, he's a versatile horse. And I think the only potential question you have is he has been firing on all cylinders. It feels like for five months 
and now he's coming off a two-week layoff. Question is, is this just a lot? I mean, it's a lot to expect a three-year-old to just continue to fire the way he has so consistently. Yeah, it's there's definitely a question of how much tread do we have on the tires because, you know, he ran pretty much every single race uh, from the uh, the like, Louisiana, you know, uh, great, you know, uh, path to the Derby. Uh, so, I mean, got a nice little layoff there at least. But uh, still, yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of big races that this horse has been in and you never know which way that's going to break. And we will we will definitely take a deeper look into this race, uh, you know, later this week, whenever I have uh, have Matthew back on to uh, take a look at these cards. And let's see. I mean, I'm sure we'll give out a, a Black Eyed Susan Preakness double. Uh, what do you think? What do you think the pool to go after is going to be uh, whenever we do our handicapping on Wednesday? Is it like a late pick five, late pick four? You find just like a pick three you want to hammer? What do you got? What do you got in mind? That's a good question. I typically, I, I like to go, especially with stakes races, because I, I tend to, they tend to go a little chalkier sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to like to go a little longer. I, so normally I like to play pick threes. I, I like to play pick fours. On a day like today, I'll throw out a late pick five. Uh, just because I tend to have a pretty good sense of maybe how most of the stakes races are going. And then it's just about concentrating on that last race in the card and trying to yeah, pressing that all button in some cases, but yeah, you know, seeing what you can do. Listen, my mom, my mom always taught me when I was a kid, like you, you ask your guests what they want to do whenever they come to visit. And play. <laughs> so that means this Wednesday, Matthew and I are going to be taking a look at the late pick five on Preakness day. Uh, I believe kicks Perfect. off with the uh, chick Lang, uh, which ought to, yep. you know, ought to be a decent, decent race with the uh, Cogburn yep. entered entered yep. here and uh yeah we're gonna hit a quick ad breed i'll be right back with you and then uh we're gonna wrap up this episode of the notorious otb we'll be right back we're brought to you by athletic greens and their ag1 supplement so what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're using streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. 
Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right, welcome back to the Notorious OTV, our reaction show, kind of a who wore it best for these post draws uh, for the uh, Black Eyed Susan Day and as well as the Preakness Day at Pimlico this weekend. The second drool, second drool. Let's try that again. The second jewel of the Triple Crown. You know, I'm I'm surprised I didn't say like jury. This is the second jury of the uh, of the Triple Crown. But uh, Matthew, you've got tons of stuff going on, which uh, isn't hard to believe because you're, you're quite the talent when it comes to talking horses. To tell the folks, uh, you know, where they can find you uh, on the yep. socials and also uh, what else you got going on right now. Yeah, so people can find me on Twitter at the handle at Failed to Menace. Awesome uh, which handle, is by, by the way. Thank Just you very much. My, my favorite horse racing note. And uh, yeah, I got a lot going on. So do stuff for uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, and I also do a bunch of stuff for Stable Duels. So, you know, Friday morning live streams with myself, Gina Piccola, and Barry the Sniper Spears. The three of us get together. We try to give out some long shot plays. If you don't play Stable Duel, it's a really fun way to get into horse racing uh, betting. If you don't like to necessarily gamble in every race, it's a way of doing kind of fantasy sports and horse racing together. Uh, and so have that. I have a bunch of different articles that I post on uh, for the Preakness and all the big races coming up uh, over the summer. So always have something coming up, whether it's live streams, articles, whatnot. Uh, always like engaging with my followers and uh, yeah, just appreciate having being on the the show. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I've been looking forward to to doing anything with you just because uh, I have, you know, I have a lot of respect for what you do and I've always, uh, always been pretty entertained by it too, which it's hard to do. It's hard to be entertaining and also uh, say things that make me respect you as a person. You know, <laughs> you, usually you're going to need to really just kind of degrade yourself for me to you know, be entertained by you. I ne- won't, won't necessarily respect you though. Uh, but this guy is a double threat. He does both of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can always catch me being abrasive on Twitter at, of Oakland, that's O F and the word Oakland. Uh, follow the show. I've got a we've got a, a Twitter handle set up for that at notorious underscore OTV. If you got any questions, uh, if you want to, I don't know, take a little Rip Flair strut, tell me, tell me about a big ticket you hit, so I can I can uh, let you uh, you know feel high and mighty. I'll do that too, maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, but yeah, just hit up the show uh, with any questions or anything, and we'll be glad to address it in our next episode. And speaking of our next episode, like I said, we're gonna have Matthew back. Uh, we will probably record Wednesday, have it out by Thursday. We're going to be, t- you know, we had dealer's choice. The late pick five is what we're going to be taking a look at at Preakness on Preakness Day, as well as the Black Eyed Susan and Preakness Double. Uh, that's that's all I got. What do you got? That's it? Are we that's done? That's it, man. I think we're done. Whew, I'm sweating. Should I be sweating, Matthew? I'm, <laughs> I'm the one wearing lot, all the layers actually. of clothes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You should be sweating. <laughs> you, you got like a full-on Peaky Blinders thing going. I'm just wearing like gym shorts and like an old shirt, man, and just sweating, sweating bullets. <laughs> I uh, See, the thing is, though, when I wear something like what you're wearing, if I have to put on a tie or a coat or anything, yeah. there's something about my body that it actually just breaks into an instant flop sweat. Like, <laughs> like it has yeah. a sort of like, you know extra sense that i'm going to court and it's not going to go well for me (laughs) yeah that sort of thing but sure that is it for us we will catch you next uh next time later this week uh that's it we are out